those should be two separate proms because I don't feel like they should be, you know, black boys going with white girls. I don't like that. I don't believe in it. I wasn't raised that way. everyone. Welcome to Unjustly, a social injustice podcast. My name is Sandy and this is my co-host Stephanie. Hello. So today is Miniso Day and the topic that I have chosen I found from the Equal Justice Initiative, which was founded by Brian Stevenson. And if you know me by now, you know that I love Stevenson. Um, so I follow him on social media and every single day they're posting crazy facts that are just so infuriating. Um, I recently bought a calendar that he made and every month has a historical photo of a racial injustice event. Um, and every day has a, this day in history blurb about Mm. an injustice that had happened. It's very powerful and it can be difficult to see and read, but it is such a good reminder of why this work is so important how far as a society we have come, but also how much work still needs to be done. So on their social media page, they also include this day in history write-ups. And a few weeks ago, they posted about a topic that was absolutely crazy to me. Um, But what was even crazier was the fact that the historical date was actually from 2014. So I wanted to share with you guys the issue of modern day segregations at high school proms. The sources for this episode can be found in the bio of the podcast. So this issue is not surprisingly prevalent in the Deep South. And although segregation in schools is no longer legal, many rural areas still practice segregated proms to this day. After the Supreme Court made their decision on Brown v. Board of Education in 1954, schools began integrating the races. However, this process was extremely slow and many schools did not become integrated until the late 1960s and early 1970s. But even with the law to desegregate schools, many communities still pushed back. And one way they were able to do so was to keep proms and other events segregated. So the high schools in the South deliberately stopped sponsoring any proms and left it in the hands of the community to host their own segregated proms. Oftentimes, when a concern was raised over the need to segregate proms, school officials would sometimes use the excuse that they were trying to prevent interracial dating, which is also just as problematic (laughs) as the reason you're having segregated proms. Oh, no, no. It's not because of that. It's because we just don't want them dating. Yeah. We don't want them to mix. So, (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. The problem is, is that this continued even after the Loving v. Virginia U.S. Supreme Court decision where it allowed interracial marriages so to still use that as an excuse is still breaking the law technically (laughs) let me just break it in a different way so we can just because this way seems easier (laughs) for me to explain as one example in 1970 black students began attending charleston high school in mississippi that year the school decided to not sponsor a prom and allowed white parents to privately organize an invite only white prom In response, black parents organized their own prom for their kids, and thus began the decades-long tradition of holding two separate proms for black and white students. 
each choosing their own prom queen and kings. Eventually, in 1997, actor Morgan Freeman promised to pay for the school dance if it agreed to hold one integrated prom. The school refused and continued holding racially segregated proms. In 2008, Morgan Freeman again reached out to the school to convince them to integrate the prom. They finally accepted, and a documentary called Prom Night in Mississippi chronicled what led up to the first integrated prom at Charleston High School. In 2008, we had already graduated high school by then. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Sadly. <laughs> Thanks for letting everyone know. Sorry. Here. <laughs> the documentary showed how some white parents forbid their children to attend the integrated prom and still try to hold a separate white-only dance in 2008. One senior who requested to not show his face or use his real name discussed how he wanted to attend the integrated prom, but feared that his racist parents would disown him if they knew his true feelings. Again, this was in 2008, and this kid was afraid that his parents were going to disown him for wanting to go to an integrated prom. By 2008, we were actually already in college. <laughs> Sandy, Are you stop. kidding me? <laughs> After the integrated prom was held for the first time at this high school in 2008, the documentary crew interviewed a student named Chastity Buckley. She stated, quote, It was just magnificent. That night when we stepped in that door, everybody just had a good time. We proved ourselves wrong. We proved the community wrong because they didn't think that it was going to happen. It's going to continue to go on in our school, and if it continues to go on in our school, then our community will continue to improve. It'll impact them too, because once they see that blacks and whites can come together in school and have fun together, then they'll see that the community can change too. Guys, this was in 2008. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is crazy. I just don't understand. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a story real quick. I didn't put this in my writing, but I had read an article um, about a writer named Susan Kent who went to school in Georgia in, I think she said she graduated in 1988. Um, so she talked about her experience with these segregated proms and she was white, but she was friends with the black people as well. Um, and there is one friend in particular, his name was Walt and he was black and they were such good friends. Um, she says she's pretty sure like he liked her, but at the time it was just very unacceptable for interracial dating there in Georgia. So nothing really came of it, but he wanted to go to prom with her. And she remembers thinking like, I couldn't say yes because I wanted to go to the white prom and there's no way he could have gone. Hmm. So she didn't go with him. She went with another white guy, but she saw Walt show up to the prom and she said that they didn't even let him pass the parking lot. They immediately all rushed over to the parking lot and didn't let him go any further. And she just saw him. He saw her like they made eye contact. She's like, it, it was awful. It was terrible. Mm. And they turned him away. And, and then she talked about how like that was really difficult for her. But at the same time, she said that her and a lot of other friends wanted to attend the black prom. And so what they would do is they would show up to the white prom first. They would eat. They would take some pictures, do a couple dance. And then they, they would all leave to go to the black prom because the white prom was whites only. But the black prom was like all accepting. They mm -hmm. literally let anyone go. They were not black only. They call it the black prom just because they had nowhere else to go, yeah. but really they accepted everyone. And so she talked about how 
they all went to the white prom and then they went to the black prom and then she's like and we thought it was great like it was so much fun like we could be with our friends and she's like now as an adult I realize that that was also an example of white privilege because they went to that white prom Mm -hmm. and then they felt that they had the right to still go to whatever other prom that they wanted to Mm -hmm. they felt that they had the right to go to this black prom after spending you know their grand old time Mm -hmm. at the white prom and not even think anything of it so it was just reading it was just awful like hearing her accounts of it and that was in the late 80s and she said she's absolutely not surprised that it's still happening today um and I, I'll mention her a few more times later in the story, but um, she mentioned how for a while, like on her Facebook timeline of people that still live in the area, she moved to New York, but she's still friends with a lot of people that are there or she still is acquainted with them. Um, she said like a lot of things had died down on social media when it came to like racist stuff. And then when Trump came into office, she said her timeline just blew right up. Back up. Exactly. With, and if anything, it gained steam. So she talks about how the problems that she saw in the 80s still have not changed. Georgia is also a major culprit of segregated proms to this day. In 2014, Wilcox County High School in Abbeville, Georgia, held their first integrated prom in 2014, but only after students revolted. A handful of students spent the entire year campaigning to have a school-sanctioned prom that included all races. And even that was a fight because some parents still planned a private whites-only event that year. And many white students just went to the other town over who were still having whites-only proms. So even with this big push, not all the kids were on board with it. I read that they like did a, a survey to see how many kids wanted an integrated prom and how many didn't and half of the white kids didn't want it um so of course their parents came to the rescue mm-hmm. and still held a private whites only event and the other kids just went to the town over and participated in their white only event 2014 was only seven years ago in 2014 the united states had a black president in his second term of presidency yet Even with Obama in office, families in this country fought to have their students segregated as much as possible. So for anyone who said that our country does not have racism issues because they elected a black president, it's just simply not true. And I don't even know how many examples you need to see this, but like I, to this day, I still see people saying this specifically, like we had a black president. Yeah. Our country doesn't have a racist issue. Like, I don't know where to go from here after everything that you've seen, everything you've been presented with. It's just, and then I didn't even know about the segregated proms. Yeah. Like, this is insane to me. When confronted by the media and other officials regarding these segregated events, their excuses are often that their schools don't have a prom and they can't control what happens at private events held by the community. They also don't have control of who those private event organizers invite. But this is the loophole that they found. Why don't you have a prom? Because when school became integrated, you protested against it and allowed for the parents to plan their own whites-only prom. Yet schools continue to say they are not official proms, so they can't be held accountable for Mm -hmm. it. Another excuse is that they are trying to prevent fights from happening between the races. But in my opinion... If that is what you're afraid of, then you need to look at the parents and the community and the school officials to realize why they might be 
you know, in that situation in the first place to potentially be fights, which when I was reading everything that the kids were saying about wanting the integrated prom, it didn't sound like they had fights at school. Mm -hmm. It didn't sound like this was an issue. This is a made up issue. I think the fights that they're afraid of are between the parents. Yeah. And for a child to be scared in 2008 that his parents will disown him for wanting to go to a prom with black and white students is just absolutely ridiculous. And the answer to this from officials, though, is that it just comes down to a difference in traditions and taste. When I was telling this to Gabe, he's like, there's no way I'd want to go to the white prom. Like, I would absolutely sign up for the black prom. And I was like, you wouldn't even be invited to the white prom, though. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there are other ethnicities other than just black and white in these rural communities. It probably isn't that much. It probably isn't a significant number. I'm sure Hispanics and and maybe Asian and Native American, I'm pretty sure it's like a low number and they're considered like other type of thing. But I'm pretty sure they would not be invited to the whites only either. Even if you're mixed, you I don't think you'd be invited. So Susan Kent, the girl I mentioned earlier, described how teachers at her school often volunteered to help plan these white-only proms, but they never helped the black prom. And even though schools try to say that they aren't real proms, they're not school-sanctioned events, and they're just private parties, everyone in the community literally called them white prom and black prom, and police or chaperones would escort any black student who attempted to go to the white prom. So to say like, this is just a private event. This is just what they're Mm -hmm. having with their friends. It's just simply not true because the entire city is like, you're going to white prom, you're going to black prom. And that's it. That's what they're calling it. Mm -hmm. Here's your invite to the white prom. Like it's not, hey, here's your, uh, you know, your invitation to my private party. And I'm only friends with white people. So I guess it's whites only. And I'm not going to go into this, but I went down this whole rabbit hole of, um, Apparently, some communities were using Elks Lodge. Elks Lodge, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, some communities were using the Elks Lodge to hold their whites-only events. And apparently, Elks Lodge has a long history of not allowing black people or minorities, yeah, people of color to... Um, be allowed into their facilities and so then what they were doing to try to get the blame off of them was like oh but the event is held at elks lodge and they don't allow black people so that's why it's a white only prom it's absolute bullshit but then i was like wait the elks lodge because i know we have one here in chula vista and so i was like so i looked into that and i was like oh my god i had no idea i mean i didn't realize that they protested it tooth and nail to try to not allow um, any person of color to enter. And then I had found a recent article about an Elks Lodge somewhere in the South. I can't remember what state it was in, but they changed certain rules and it wasn't super apparent. But the reason that it was changed was, again, to go back to not allowing people of color to be able to join their club or enter their facilities or whatever the case is. And so there was an African-American who was like, this is directly affecting me and, Mm -hmm. you know, people like me. And so he was trying to fight back with that. I didn't have time to go into how that turned out, but it just kept reminding me like, this is just one small story of segregation. Like it really is never ending in so many other aspects of society. So since Wilcox High School made national news about the triumph of race relations and the end of racism, Susan Kent explains how once Trump came into office, these private whites-only events became more prevalent. Although they do their best to fly under the radar to avoid scrutiny, 
Kent explained how she heard of instances where reporters from CNN would attempt to enter these backcountry areas in Georgia to investigate these type of private events and that they would be met by the sheriff and told that they were not allowed to enter. So they know it's wrong, yet the hate and racism is so strong that they refuse to give it up. And it's not just proms that were being segregated. These events included homecoming and almost any other school event or celebration that is typically held in a high school. One year, a black student had been crowned homecoming queen and a white student was crowned homecoming king. Yet they were forced to attend two separate homecomings and never had their prom king and queen dance together. And this is in modern day area. Like I can't even stress enough that this was in 2008 2014 and It's just the dates are insane to me. When discussing the push to integrate proms, Wilcox County Schools Superintendent Steve Smith stated that, quote, skin color seems to be a much larger issue for the adults than the students. And my prayer is that this effort will be a huge step towards reconciling the wrongs of the past. During this time, when Georgia Governor Nathan Deal was asked on his thoughts about the kids pushing for proms to finally become integrated, he stated that he would not take a side on the matter. Governor Deal's spokesman, Brian Robinson, had issued a statement saying, This is a leftist front group for the state Democratic Party, and we're not going to lend a hand to their silly publicity stunt. These are children who just want prom together with all races like it's supposed to be. So it's not just the parents, it's also the political figures that are perpetuating this. And I'm appalled that this is even a topic for debate. In 1990, New York Times reported that 10 counties in Georgia were still holding segregated proms, along with counties in Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Texas. This is not like an isolated incident. With those states, yeah. Louisiana, in particular, still has a lot of issues when it comes to segregated events. There's a documentary called Sugar Town. So the basis of that story is on my list of episodes to do, so I'm not going to go into the storyline, but it takes place in New Iberia, Louisiana, and they talk about how the communities are segregated and depending on whether you are white or black would depend on what side of the train tracks you live on. I didn't put this in my writing, but they talk about how the black community lives in the area where um, enslaved people used to live. The reason that it's called Sugartown is because they have sugarcane fields. And so back in the day, um, obviously white people owned these and they had enslaved people that were um, doing all the work. And then they had these little like compounds and it's like a whole neighborhood of these little tiny houses. And that's where the enslaved people would live. They still live in those compounds today. And the houses, the little tiny houses They haven't been remodeled. They look just like they did back then. And these are the houses that they're living in. New Iberia, Louisiana. What in the world are you guys (laughs) doing? But they also talk about how they have this annual sugarcane jamboree. And during the day, it's an unofficial whites-only celebration and parade. And they crown a white sugar queen. And then in the evening is the black jamboree. And they crown a black sugar queen. And so this happens to this day. Oh my God. So again, this is not just limited to segregated proms. Oftentimes you see this spill into segregation of other events and issues within the community. 
And while I was doing my research on this topic of segregated proms, I went down another rabbit hole of issues pertaining to the LGBTQ plus communities um, who were also battling issues mm-hmm. for these school events. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, we have so much work that needs to be done. And yes, we have progressed from the 1960s, but again, the work is not done for not just race relations, but now we have, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And like, I assumed that there would be an issue, but I guess I just never realized like how much of an issue it was. Yeah. That was all. Girls can't go to proms with girls, boys with boys. Or what you wear. Yeah. So I'm honestly ashamed to know that parts of this country is stuck in the Jim Crow era and that bias spills into the rest of the country. But that's the story of just one example of how modern day segregation still exists. I hope more students can stand up against this racist ideology and fight for equality in all aspects of life. And good for those kids that you know, went out of their way to, mm-hmm. to start this. Um, they had explained how it started with four kids. Aww. It was two white kids, two black kids. Oh yeah. And, um, in 2013, they were like, we're going to throw our own private party in air quotes, um, to have, they basically were like, we're just going to have our own integrated prom without mm-hmm. the school's help. Like we're doing this on our own. And so they raised their own funds. They got people in the community to help not Mm -hmm. everyone wanted to help obviously um but they held their first like private integrated prom in 2013 all on their own these four kids and it's like i'm so proud of that oh no i want to cry because i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking of how proud their parents would be (laughs) you would hope so you'd hope so but you you also don't don't know know if the most likely the white parents if they had any any issues with it but yeah i mean it's good that even in the face of, you know, yeah, probably their peers, maybe their family being against it, they mm-hmm. were like, I don't care. I This I'm is what I want to fight for. Yeah. And yeah. because they did that integrated prom, the private party in 2013, they were like, look, it came out great. No one fought. We mm-hmm. were together. Like, this was a great time. And so they used that the whole next year as their campaign to tell the school, like, you need to get on board with this. Like, it's... 2014 yeah let's get it like let's fix this mm-hmm. guys and so luckily the superintendent was super supportive of it and he made sure that they got the funds they needed and they helped out but i mean like you saw the governor himself was like nah, i'm not gonna choose sides on that like there are no sides there's yeah. one side there's a one side and then there's a wrong side <laughs> yeah. why are you having such difficulty choosing this and then trying to say like oh it's just a leftist stunt these aren't stunts. This is life. And These they're are students. people. Yeah. Yeah. They're kids. They're, they're not yeah. even adult. They're kids. Anyway, so that's that's my mini sode for today. It was really frustrating when I was looking everything up. But at the same time, I had no idea that this was going on. But if you have any experience with this or, you know, even to this day or in the past, contact us. Let us know. Um, I'm I want to learn more about it and with people that have personal experiences, you know, I'm always interested to see mm-hmm. how it was and, and how we can move forward from here. And I can only think of, you know, when my stepdad was growing up, if I, I've mentioned this before, but if you're a new listener, um, my stepdad was black, he's passed away, but um, he raised me and he grew up in segregation. You know, he grew up during that era. He grew up during the civil rights movement. And to think that, 
you know, he had to go through this. This wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. All of this wasn't that long ago. So it, even though it's shocking to hear that this is happening today, it's also not that surprising, especially in the states that it's happening in. It's not that surprising because the civil rights movement was not that long ago. Yeah. It wasn't. These mm-hmm. people are still alive today. And we say this over and over and over again every time we talk about this era, mm-hmm. the Jim Crow era and all that stuff. We we try to keep reminding people that this really was not that long ago. And we're not done. And these are why protests are happening. Like there's just so many all-encompassing issues. And we, Steph and I mentioned this before that everything seems to be like intersecting. Yeah, Intersectionality is an absolute thing. And it's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening today. <laughs> I got myself all riled up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but follow us on social media if you haven't yet. Let's talk about these things. Uh, we're under Unjustly Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you would like us to continue doing this. And um, the more reviews that we have and ratings it really helps us um, be able to spread more awareness about these issues so make sure to do that and stay tuned for next week's episode with stephanie yeah thank you guys see you next week bye bye